Morning, everyone. Welcome to this Monday morning. And we're continuing our series to the Psalms. We're on Psalm 16 this morning. So Psalm 16, a mictum of David. Preserve me, O God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. As for the saints in the land, they are the most excellent ones, in whom is all my delight. The sorrows of those who run after another God shall multiply. Their drink offerings of blood I will not pour out or take their names on my lips. The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol or let your Holy One see corruption. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And so there's two thoughts that I'd like to share with us out of today's devotional. And uh, they, all, they both stem from this idea of, you'll see twice in the psalm, the right, the right hand is mentioned. So first of all, David says, at my right hand is the Lord. And then he says that the Lord's right hand is these pleasures forevermore. Now, it's important to understand why does David talk about the right hand? What does a right hand mean in the Psalms? Just to give us a bit of background. Now, the right hand always speaks about honor and it speaks about authority. So when Jesus was resurrected, um, whenever it talks about Jesus being resurrected, when Stephen sees Jesus in heaven, he's always at the right hand of the Father. It speaks about this honor. It speaks about this authority that comes. And so David says here, I have set the Lord always before me because he, had, because he is at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. And my question for us today is this. David says, I have set the Lord before me. He is at my right hand. Who is at my right hand? Who is at my right hand? Because the thing that I go to for honor, the thing that I go to for authority, the thing that I value so much, the thing that I want close to me, my go-to, there is a lot riding on that thing. My natural go-to, whatever my natural go-to is. And David says, for him, that thing is the Lord. And it's, it affects two things in our lives. Firstly, it affects the way I see others. David, it's interesting, he goes on, he says, I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. I have no good apart from you. As for the saints in the land, they are the excellent ones in whom is all my delight. And this is the thing. When I love God above all, and he is the one at my right hand, then what happens is I recognize and I have kinship and I have a bond and I have a connection to everyone else who is in the same boat. And, ooh, excuse me, a bit of a burp there. But for some of us, I think when we look around, our we when we walk into church and our go-to isn't, God isn't our most precious. God isn't the thing at our right hand. What we have to do is we start trying to find other reasons or other things to have in common with people, especially within the church, within God's family. And so what happens is the church starts to become clicky and the church starts to become broken up. Friends, the thing that we have in common with one another above all is the fact that we have God himself at our right hand, that we have said, Lord, you are my Lord. He is the thing that we have in common above all others. And when I look around at the world today, I am definitely of this opinion that we look at all the disunity amongst races and amongst cultures and all this splinteredness and, and fragmentation. 
We will never ever have unity until every nation, every tribe and every tongue bows before the one authority and that's the authority in heaven. Because we all ascribe to a different authority in the world at the moment. This one ascribes to that authority and this one ascribes to that and we can't agree on that stuff. And so everyone's fighting for their thing. But when God himself, he is the one, then all of a sudden we have that thing in common. And then all of a sudden there is this kinship and there is this oneness that comes to mankind. And I do believe God's plan has always been that that should be modeled within the church. And so friends, when we look around, there's no space for racist attitudes. There's no space for, um, I don't like that kind of person or he's an idiot or there isn't space for that stuff because what it shows is I have something else at my right hand and I look at what's at my right hand, I look at what's at his right hand and I go, mm, I don't like that. Actually, there's no space for that stuff in our heart. I have a kinship with others because we both value and honor and love God. What do we have in common? We love the same Jesus. We know the same Savior. Those who love the Lord will love the company of those who also love him. So there's a bit of a challenge. The second part of this, just quickly, is the second part of the psalm leans into an inheritance analogy. And it's important to understand Old Testament thinking a little bit. It goes, verse 5, The Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. Now, back in the old days, when you sat down with the family to have dinner, it was every dinner, every meal you sat down, every meeting you sat down at, was a reminder of the pecking order of how the family worked. The oldest, the firstborn would sit at the top. They would get the choicest portions of everything. They would be served their cup first. So they were always like the main guy. And if you were like the last born, you'd sit at the bottom, unless you were like mommy's boy. And then maybe you go sit by mom and you could, you know, get a bit of a head, get a bit ahead of things uh, if you were the lot lamaki. But there was always this reminder of this pecking order going down the chain. And so what happens if you were firstborn, if you were out front, you had a bigger portion, you had more priority, and you had a bigger inheritance. And, what, and this is what David says. He looks at all of this stuff and this argy-bargy between mankind and people trying to work it out themselves. And I want more. And, you know, if I knock off my older brother, then I get to move up the table and all this infighting amongst mankind. And David looks and he goes, you know what I want? Do you know what I want to have at my right hand? I don't want to have my older brother at my right hand when I'm waiting to move up the table. I want God himself at my right hand. And this is the craziest thing because David understands this. He says, if God is the thing that's most precious to me, not trying to move up through the pecking order of life and trying to carve out a name for myself and be this person and, and, and you know, really make an impact and, and all that kind of stuff. If I start off by God is my inheritance first and foremost, Look at what God has at his right hand later on. It says, at God's right hand is pleasures forevermore because God needs authority from no one. God needs um, honor from no one because he has all honor. He has all authority. And David understands this. If I have God at my right hand, then I sit at the top of every table I'm part of. I am chosen, uh, I'm chosen and I am honored and I am uh, provided for and I am cared for and I have everything I need because I have God himself. That's the, my first inheritance, the one I want most. Later on, he says, um, uh, you hold my lot. And back in the day, what people used to do when they had to make a decision or they had to make a choice between a group of people, they would draw lots. And whoever drew like the short straw or whatever, they would, that's the guy. And David said, you know what? I'll let God choose for me. I'm not going to fight to try and pick my, I'm not going to force my way in. I want God to choose. My lot is in his hands. I love this thing about um, 
that God at his right hand is pleasures forevermore. God doesn't have a specific person sitting at his right hand. And I think for us, sometimes we have this view that God's got favorites and he actually doesn't. What is at God's hand? It's not the person that you're in competition with. It's not your business competitor. It's not the person that, or whatever the, you know, whatever the thing is that you think is ahead of you that you can't get to. At God's right hand is pleasures forevermore. And so God doesn't have favorites. And friends, when we put him as the priority in our lives, what happens is that 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 um, inheritance begins to flow. And David says this. I love this. He says, I want, the reason he can say my inheritance, uh, I have a beautiful inheritance. I bless, uh, the lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. And I have a beautiful inheritance. As he says this, I don't even care what my inheritance is. God picked it for me. Therefore, it's beautiful. And I don't want to be flippant in saying this. I know these are really, really tough times. Last night, um, I found out that um, a friend of mine, someone in the church, died of COVID-19. And had to, I sat on the phone talking to his wife, and she's crying and trying to comfort her and feeling so helpless at the moment. And when I look around at the moment, friends, I, I could, sometimes it's hard to see that our boundary lines are full in pleasant places and that I have a delightful inheritance. But you know what? I do because I know who is at my right hand. And so that's my question for us today. Who is at your right hand today? And can I say this? Let's make sure that it's Jesus. Can't wait to see you guys tomorrow morning.